You're listening to the Glad Tidings Church podcast, available on Podbean and iTunes. Amen. Amen. I um, want us to look into the Word today. We're going to talk today about the Beatitudes. That is a Latin term which means blessed. And so we're going to go in our text today, Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. And we're going to look at one of the specific verses. I believe we're going to go to verse 5. And we're going to talk about precision power today. But before we do that, let's go through all of the Beatitudes. Let's read these together. Beginning at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. You see it on the screen. Let's say it together. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. For they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be called the children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's the Beatitudes, and we've been talking about several of these. And we're picking up today on Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5, and this is our text for today. Blessed are the meek. Say the word meek. For they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. There's been a lot of misunderstanding about this passage. And sometimes it's been taken out of context. But we're going to talk about what Jesus really meant. And what he said. And in the context. Context is important. Uh, And I really feel that there is a, a real issue in the body of Christ today. That people lift one verse. And they take it out of context. And they build a ministry or they build something out of one verse. And they don't take it in the context of the entire word. And I believe it's important for you to get the word of God. And so that you would know exactly what the Lord has to say to us. So Father, bless this word today. May it go forth in power. We thank you for what you will do. And everyone who loved the word of God said together... Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. Have you ever seen someone who had a lot of potential and they wasted it? I've seen that happen over many years being a pastor and in the body of Christ. I've seen dozens of people who had potential in ministry, but it was abused or wasted as a result of moral failure. There have been a lot of people who God would use in a powerful way, but they had anger issues. Uh, In college, there was a young man that he was so strong, he didn't even know his own strength. But he was a, a young man who had a lot of ability, but he had anger issues. And someone told him that if You don't change. The senior guys on that hall up there are going to take care of you. 
Well, that just really helped the situation because he marched himself right up there to the senior hall. And I had been known as the spokesman for those guys. That was not a fun day. And I realized that this guy had a lot of potential. And I knew that he had grown up in a church where they preached the word of God. And so I just said, Lord, please help me speak to this fella because I don't want to fight. And I knew that I would probably be whipped anyway. And so I just said, you know what? You got a lot of potential, but you waste it. And you're angry with everybody. And you want to pick a fight with everybody. Why don't you use your energy for good? Why don't you use it to help somebody? Why don't you use it to make good grades? After all, that's what your mom and daddy sent you down here for. Boy, I was in preaching mode then. And what's interesting is that this young man now, he, he's a contractor and he's a great builder. And he learned to harness what that energy and he learned to harness what was inside of him so that he could do some things that were productive. I've seen individuals who had a lot of ideas Tons of ideas, but they could never settle on one, and they could never focus, and so they never really got anything accomplished. Henry Ford, a great inventor, said that he would wake up in the morning with many ideas, but he had to focus. He had to somehow zero in on the main goal for that day, and so he said, this is what I do. I get up and I run around the house several times until I can somehow get focused on one goal. He said, I, I was able to pare it down and narrow it down and focus that energy. Now, I liked watching the Kentucky Derby and the Belmont Stakes, the Preakness, and I, I enjoy watching these beautiful animals, these horses. And in fact, when I was a young boy, uh, we had some barns behind our house. They didn't belong to us, but there was a man and he would keep his horses in the, those barns and my father had the responsibility of feeding those horses each day and to see those beautiful animals and to see their mane and their necks and their muscles and to see all of the potential for that animal and how when he would run at full gallop, you could see the power and how it was harnessed due to the reins of the one who would ride it. If you can understand those things, you can understand this message today. Blessed are the meek. Let's go and talk about what it really means. The word blessed is the word makarios. And we talked about this for several weeks. And it means self-contained joy. We said that this was symbolic of the island of Cyprus and how the people there were all, uh, they were, had everything they needed on that island. They had minerals, they had fruits and vegetables and lumber and had everything that they needed. They were self-contained. And this is what the Bible says when we are blessed. There is a self-contained joy in all of these things that Jesus is talking about when he's giving the Sermon on the Mount. And it's not something that's for the future. It's something for now. And it's an exclamation. Blessed when these things happen in your life. And I know that we all want a blessed life. And to have a blessed life, we have to understand 
that Jesus shows us the key to a blessed life and to have peace. And so the question today is, who are the meek? Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Well, the word meek is not necessarily an honorable word for some individuals. It has the idea of being spineless and cowardly, and some use the term yellow, someone who will not stand up for anything. And this word has been misunderstood because many people incorrectly look at this word and they translate meek as weak. I want you to understand that you need to get that out of your thinking. Meek, maybe for some of us in the English language, may have that connotation. But meek, according to the Greek, is not weak. Now, let's look at the Greek word. The Greek word is praus, praus. And there are actually three meanings for this word. And today, I want to talk about three of these meanings. I believe Jesus was talking about all three, but I especially want us to look at the third meaning of this word. The first thing that Jesus was actually saying, and the first definition of this word, prowse or meek, is balanced. Balanced. Blessed are the balanced. Now, I know that some may not understand this term, but the older I get, the more I appreciate balance. Are you with me today? Aristotle tried to define balance, and he said that balance is somehow the middle between two extremes. And this was what he interpreted it as. But I want you to understand that when we talk about balance, God wants us to understand that there are, person whom, there are people who may show anger over an issue and there's nothing wrong with having emotion or anger, but the Bible says be angry and sin not. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Sometimes we get upset about some things, and that's a human emotion. But we can't take it to a place where it will be destructive and cause problems in the body of Christ or cause problems in our family. But there's some people who have anger, and then there are some people who absolutely don't care. And I believe that Jesus is saying that when we have these human emotions or there is a problem that comes up, that it's important for us to use the motivation to do the right thing at the right time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 says this, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There have been times that I needed to share something with someone, and it was a, something heavy. Maybe it was a word of correction. And when I was able to, to learn about it, it was 11 o'clock at night. That was not the time to go and talk to that person. Are you with me today? And sometimes you have to wait for the right timing and pray and say, God, how can this be accepted? Sometimes we let human emotion uh, carry us to the point where it's actually cutting and hurt and it brings problems instead of bringing restoration. I, I know of a man who was in authority. He had a lot of things happening. And he was out in a meeting one night. And this happened quite a bit. And his wife got a call. And it was something that was, uh, had to be dealt with. 
And instead of him finding out about that late at night, she knew he was tired. He had worked for a long period of time, hadn't had a lot of sleep. And she could have told him that evening, but she said, I really feel like I'm going to wait until in the morning after he's had rest. And he mentioned later that he really appreciated that because he said, I would not have slept all night had they called me. Are you with me? I'm talking about some practical stuff. Have some consideration for your brothers and sisters. Oh, this is not going over too well, but this is some practical things that you got to learn. Balance. One's a spendthrift and the other's a miser. How about get some balance, go to Financial Peace University. Oh, I'm preaching now. Why don't you learn how to get a budget and do it God's way, and that way you can have a spending plan and you can spend things properly. Have some balance in your life. Listen, there are a lot of people who are in financial trouble, not because they don't have enough money, but they don't know what to do with what God has blessed them with. I'm preaching to you. And so you've got to have some balance in your life. Jesus said, blessed are the balanced. There are a lot of people in the kingdom of God who think that when you preach the gospel or when you share the gospel, you get out your bazooka. And, and I know this has happened a couple of years. There are some people who who come to the seafood festival, and I, I wasn't there when they were there, but I heard about it. And they were just shouting at the people, holding big signs, you're going to hell. Get right or get left. And, and it's interesting that I worked with some people in my booth who didn't know Jesus at all. And you know what they had to say about that? They said, those people are nuts. Are you with me today? Listen, I'm talking about getting to the place where you have a relationship with people and you want to, and they know you love them. And so that's one extreme. And the other extreme is, well, God will send somebody. Are you with? Why, why not? Okay, God, they don't know you. Will you show me how to minister to them? Will you show me how to love them and, and show them the way to Christ? That's the balance in it. And, and here's another thing. There are some people, and especially, I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you believe in the power of the I believe that the gifts of the Spirit in operation. I believe in the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. The gift, there's gifts of healing and faith, and, and they're... they're God can give a special word in season, and I believe in all of these things. But there are some extremes in the body of Christ, and all people talk about, they're, they're sign seekers, and they're seeking signs, and they run to this convention, and run to that convention, and they run to people, give me a word, give me a word, you got a word for me, you got a word for me, what is God saying to me? And it's almost as if they are so heavenly minded, they are no earthly good. Are you with me today? And, and you know what? You would ask him to go minister to somebody, and, and they don't even know how to, to share a simple gospel with people. Now, I'm talking about God leads us to pray for people. Don't misquote me. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm telling you, there's some people who are out there. And then there are other people who are cessationists. And they say the gifts have died out. We don't need the gifts of the Spirit. Let's hide that. Let's, that's for another time. We don't really want to go there. Listen, 
God wants his people to be people of balance. And I believe that he wants us to have everything that he has promised us. But in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, there is a proper way for the gifts of the Spirit to be manifest. And its purpose is to edify the body of Christ, build up the body of Christ, exhort the body of Christ. And when it's done the biblical way, and it's done with my heart of love, man, watch out. God's going to do some powerful things. Are you with me today? Blessed are the balanced. What else did Jesus say? Jesus said, number two, this word can actually mean blessed are those who are under control. Who are under control. What I'm talking about here is this term prouse, and it's actually used for an animal that has learned to be domesticated. An animal that has learned to be domesticated. Now, Pastor Shad works with animals, and he works with uh, German shepherds, and he knows these German commands, and I, I don't know what he says, wiener schnitzel or whatever, and, and the dog <laughs> obeys, and... He, he's learned how to train these animals. And they respond to certain commands. And now I, I'm going to have to take my little dog to Pastor Shad because he needs a healing in his life. I'm telling you. So, but an animal that has learned to harness his strength, what a blessing that is. You, you remember, if you've ever read some of these westerns, and uh, you, you heard about these horses, and there were some who had the job of actually breaking in these, these horses. And I would not want that job. But this was something they had to do in order to make that animal subservient and an animal who could plow or an animal who could carry individuals or pull a wagon and all those things had to be done. And so the Lord is not saying you should not have strength but he has given that strength to us for a specific purpose and for a specific event. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 18, here's what the word says. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Now, I have, I have grown to love this passage, and I know that I'm not the best at this, but the last part of that verse to me, that is a strong sign of maturity in a believer. They know how to settle issues. They know how to settle conflict. They know how to bring people together. They know how to pray. They know how to restore. Those are the people that God can use mightily in these days. I know the enemy loves to cause division, but I want hell, hell itself to fear the body of Christ because those things that are broken, we know how to put them back together. Those marriages that are being dissolved, we know how to come together and encourage them and pray and minister in those situations. And so therefore, it's important, important for us to bring that strength under control. Control. And also, it, it affects you if you're around a hot, different person. Bible says, and do not make friends with a hot, tempered person. Why? Anybody? 
Bible says in verse 25, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Have you been around individuals and they were just negative and fussing and, man, it just rubbed off on you. And before you knew it, you were talking like they were. Or you were seeing all of the negative things. You were seeing all the problems in a situation. And so the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 23, I'm talking, I'm preaching where we live today, that the Bible says that one of the fruits of the Spirit is gentleness and what? Self-control. Now, I know y'all are shouting me down today, but I'm telling you, if you can learn to have peace in the midst of problems and bring people together, God will use you mightily. And so that's what Jesus is talking about. Blessed are those who are under control. It's not so much self-control in the sense that they control themselves because I, I do believe that there are certain things that need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can actually allow Him to do the breaking, allow Him to do the ministry. And God, but being God-controlled, and that's what God wants us. How many want to be God-controlled? There's a time to do things. There's a, a reason to do things. And so we need to be balanced. We need to be under control. I know that some of these words may not be uh, the, the best words for some of you. I know that you are probably expecting me to shout you down today. But I, I want you to understand that it is important for believers to be loving. And it upsets me as a pastor when Christian people are actually put a sour or a bad taste in unbelievers' mouths. And there are a lot of people who will not come to church because of believers. Now, uh, Pastor, I don't know about that. Listen, when, well, well, Pastor, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I can run. I can sing. I can shout. I speak in tongues. I get words from God. Do you love your brother? I'm telling you something, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll get a love for people. You will weep in your prayer closet. You will cry out to God. You will cry out for their soul. You'll cry out for their nation. I'm telling you, yes, God can pour out his spirit, but the real proof is that something begins to happen in the lives of people, and you have been changed yourself. I'm telling you, that's what God wants to do. So blessed are the balanced, blessed are those who are under control. Here's, but here's the third meaning and the one that's most important that I think we need to understand today. When Jesus said, blessed are the meek, he was actually referring, and I know these first two things have to go along with what Jesus was saying, but he was saying, blessed are those who are humble enough, meekness, to allow God's strength to flow through them so that he can accomplish his purpose. In essence, you have yielded your spirit to him. And he can flow through you to accomplish what needs to happen. A proud and haughty spirit, God cannot use that. In fact, the Bible says, in essence... That God keeps those who are proud at a distance. It says that God gives grace 
to the humble. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And so therefore, we've got to humble ourselves before God. And so this is really what it means. This is the expanded uh, definition. It means I need God's help. I'm putting myself in position to rely on God. I'm moving self out of the way. I realize his power is greater than mine. And only God can do what needs to be done. So I am dying to myself. And Jesus is saying that those people have moved themselves out of the way. And allowed me to work through them. Great and mighty things can be accomplished through Jesus Christ. Would that we would die to self. Would that we would take pride and bury it. Would that we would take a haughty spirit and do away with it. Listen, you didn't get here on your own. You didn't get what you've gotten because of your own strength. It was because God gave you the strength. God gave you the wisdom. God gave you the stuff. And everything that you have belongs to him. Why not give him praise for it? Why not humble yourself before him? God would use you a whole lot more if you would yield to him. And so the meek are always contrasted with the proud. Let's go back to some verses of scripture. Moses was a man who was meek. He took advice. We talked about this before. When Moses was judging the people and everybody would come to him. Can you imagine all of those thousands of people and one man having to deal with them? One man having to settle issues. But his father-in-law said, Moses, they're going to wear you out. You're going to need to get some people around you to help you with that. And so Moses did that. And as a result of him being able to receive from other people. How many of you know there's some people you can't tell them anything or share with them anything? And if you can't, do you think God can share something with you? Listen, we got to get to the place where we're saying, God, whatever you want to tell me, I'm there. I will do what you ask me to do. My heart is yielded to you. And when we look at the fact that the meek are always contrasted with the proud, I want to show you two words. They're on the screen. These two words, the first word, prouse, let's put it on the screen. I know it's on the bottom. Prouse is the word that we've been talking about. It means meek. But in the Greek, it was always contrasted with this other Greek word, Hupsalocardia. How many of you say that every day? And so when we look at this word and you actually break it apart, what's interesting when you study languages and you study, you see some of the words that we get from other cultures or other languages. The word cardia or cardia means what? Heart. And hupso means above. Hoopso, so it means you could translate it to say above hearted, but it really means lofty hearted. So Jesus is saying that if you want to be used, you've got to allow your heart to be humble before me. You don't have all the answers. You don't know everything. I need your help to overcome temptation today, God. I need your help. I need your wisdom right now. I know that you've helped me in the past, but Lord, I need you today. And so we humble ourselves before the Lord. So it's always contrasted with the proud. Meek individuals 
readily accept God's help. They must have it. So let's go back to that definition. The main meaning is blessed are those who humble themselves enough to allow God's strength to flow through them and accomplish his purpose. And we've got to realize that we've got some limitations. How many of you realize that, you know, I've, I've learned that at age 50, whatever, Talking to somebody, they said, you had a birthday this week. They said, yes, I did. I said, they come sooner. And I, have, I think now I have two a year instead of one. I don't know. But as we grow older, we realize there's limitations. Man, I'm not 25 like I used to. Man, Rylan, he's like, hey, Pastor. And I mean, he doesn't need a lot of sleep. And he's, man, he goes from sun up and he's, he gets up at 5 o'clock and he does all of these F3, I, I don't know, but they carry cinder blocks for fun and stuff like that. And, and man, I, for 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm saying, oh, Lord, if I could just lift this knee. <laughs> Are you with me? You got limitations. So let me tell you something. Don't think of yourself as the bomb all the time. You know what? You, you need help. Yeah, you do. I'd, and, you know, we need our wives. Wives, you need your husbands. I've been talking about the, the lady. You, listen, wives, you need your husband. And you say, well, I'm not going to tell him anything good because he'll, he doesn't need to hear. Let me tell you something. You put a little butter on that bread, it'll taste a whole lot better. Are you with me today? So we need, but we all have limitations and, and Solomon said this in 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 7. He said, Lord, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I'm only a little child. I don't know how to carry out my duties. I have seen people who were elevated, not necessarily because they had great skills, not because they knew everything, but because they had a humble spirit and they were willing to learn. In fact, if I'm looking for someone who's going to be on this team, they may have mega resumes. I mean, whenever the printer starts printing, I mean, it goes on and on. There might be sheets to their resume, but I'm looking for the spirit of a person that says, I'll do whatever God asks me to do. And there's a track record of being obedient to the Lord. And that's the people that God really wants to use. And so we've got to recognize our limitations. Solomon was a servant. He admitted he didn't know how to lead people. He wanted an understanding heart. And God gave it to him as a result of his meekness. And this is really what the relationship with God comes down to brass tacks. Is that you know your weaknesses and how much you need him. How many of you need Jesus today? Say amen. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13 shows God's power working through you. This is real meekness. This strength is working through you to accomplish what God wants. The Bible says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. If you get that scripture, you've understood what meekness is. It's God who works in you. Yes, he gave you some abilities, but they're his. But when his anointing comes on that, then God can use some, 
you in a greater way. And so, therefore, we've got to make sure that God's power is working through us. We've got to remember that he's the creator and we are the creation. He is the vine and we are the branches. He is the potter and we are the clay. We are the prodigals and he is the restoring father. We can't have life or breath or move or get up or lie down or have the ability to work or the ability to think were it not for the grace of God. You were made by him. You were made to glorify him. Wherefore, let us humble ourselves before the Lord. If the body of Christ got to the place where they were desperate for God to move through them, there would be a great move of God unprecedented in the earth. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who rely on God to work through them and to move through them to accomplish his purpose. And so kingdom work is accomplished. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 23. God's work is accomplished. Kingdom work is accomplished. I'm telling you that, uh, listen, when God will open doors for you, the Holy Spirit will go before you when you will humble yourself before God. Take those gifts God has given to you. Lay them before the Lord. Humble yourself before them and watch what God will do. A week or so ago, Pastor Shad and I went to the hospital. And we would go into a room and the person said, Man, what did I do to deserve this? Get a double portion today. And we went in and we prayed for people and we minister to people, and then all of a sudden, uh, we we're, we're go to a place, and there's someone I hadn't seen in a long time, and I knew that I needed to be uh, at a place to minister and to love that individual, and I didn't know that they were going to be there, but God had so ordained it that they would be there, and I would be there right at the right time. I'm telling you, if you will humble yourself before God, God will go before you, and he'll make some things happen that you can't make happen on your own or in a year or five years of trying. And so therefore, humble yourself before him. When you're meek, there is power that goes forth. Great things are accomplished. Kingdom work. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 23. Here's what the word says. The heart of the wise make their mouths prudent, but their lips promote instruction. The heart of the wise make their mouths prudent. There it goes again. Kingdom work is taking place. Kingdom instruction is taking place. And it's important to realize that the Bible also says that a man, a, a man who, is, can, who can take a city or a man who's learned to control his temper is better than a man who can take a city because he is using the gifts that God has given to him in a powerful way. So the meek humble themselves enough to let God work through them and accomplish much. They'll be steady and faithful and accomplish much for God. They won't be flighty. They'll say, God, help me to see this through. And the fruit of the Spirit is at work in their, in their lives. And when other people say, I can't handle it, i got to move on, and they don't finish the task that God has given for them, the meek have a sustained work. I think of a, a man that I know in Raleigh, and this man has a, a heart to serve God, and he is... You would look at him and say, this man is a gentleman, but he has accomplished so much for the kingdom. Why? Because he has allowed God to work through him.
He was able to be a part of a church plant. He was able to be a part of the financing for that plant. And when other people said it could not be done, he would smile and say, you know what? I believe God can do it, and I'm going to trust him. And it took him 30 years for it to happen, but it happened because he would not give up on what God had said. I need some people who are going to follow through and believe God for a move of his spirit and pray until it happens and give until it happens and work until it happens. Why? Because God needs some people who are not fly by night. I feel good today, but tomorrow I'm going to quit. God needs some people who are going to stay in this thing and work for him and come hell or high water. I'm going to serve God regardless of what people may say about me, what they think about me. I'm going to follow through and I'm going to overcome by the power of his spirit. That's what God's looking for. So they inherit the earth. It inherit the earth. Now, Pastor, what does that really mean? A lot of people interpret it in this way. I know I'm going to upset some of you. They get real estate and airplanes and money and stuff and clothes and cars and all this kind of thing. And I've actually heard people interpret it in that way. Pastor, are you saying we can't have nice things? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But this is not a proof text for you to have a Maserati. Oh, that's good preaching right there. Here's what I'm talking about. I want you to follow this with me. The Bible says the meek inherit, inherit the earth. That is a key word. That actually means this. That in Romans chapter 8 and verse 17, let's look at it on the screen. The Bible says, now we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If we share in his what? In order that we might also share in his. So I want you to understand. Now I'm going to take a different take on this. You may not have heard this before. But I truly believe that if you want to know the heart of God, what did Jesus come for? He came, John 3, 16, he so loved the what? He so loved this earth that he gave his what? That whosoever believed in him should not perish but have. It is God's plan that all people come to know him and serve. Will all people do that? No, I do not believe in universalism. But I do believe that there is a kingdom that the media doesn't know about, but that the church knows about. It's the kingdom of God where God's rule is in effect, where God's authority is in effect, where God's power is in effect. And I want to tell you that it is God's plan and purpose, and it is his good, good desire to give you the kingdom of God. And what it really means is this. Whenever people come to know Jesus, that means that the kingdom of God is expanded in the earth. And I believe that the Bible says that the knowledge of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. I believe that in these last days that the gospel will go to the corners of the earth. I believe that that's why we are packing these boxes. It's not just because it's fun and a kid can have something at Christmas. Yes, that's great. But what we're doing is that we are taking 
the earth. We are taking the kingdom. The enemy has had his day too long. And we are saying, you've had enough, devil. That We are going to inherit. God is going to give us the kingdom. God is going to give us souls. God is going to give us transformed lives. We are going to inherit it because Jesus' blood has already paid for it. And it's ours because of grace. Are you with me today? So the meek, those who have learned to yield to God, see God work in the earth. They see him move in the earth. They see his kingdom go forth. But I also want to say this to you. The Bible tells us that our needs will be met. Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you. Jesus said a lot of people worry about where they're going to eat and where they're going to stay, and God will provide. Listen, how many of you know God is a provider? What you need on this earth, God will, will supply that need. God has taken care of me, and he will take care of you. And so earthly needs are met. Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So are you saying, Pastor, we should not be concerned about saving and, and retiring? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we should take care of those things. And But yet God wants to bless his people and give them wisdom. And But the thing is, we're not consumed by that. We're not consumed by greed. There are things that I wish I had done earlier in my life. There are things that maybe I, have, I, I would have saved more. And maybe I have, was a little wiser in what I did. But you know what? I'm doing what I can and I need to do more. But I'm just saying, God, I'm just going to rely on you. And I'm going to trust you. And God, I know that you will meet my needs. You've never failed me yet. And you will not fail me. I know that you will meet my needs here on the earth. And Proverbs 10. 22. Here's the third point. You find great blessing on the earth. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Here's what the Bible says. Let's look at that verse of scripture if you can put it on the screen. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh what? Now it's interesting that when we talk about rich, a lot of people think of what? How many of you know that you can have $100 in the bank, and you can be rich. I hope you got more than that. But it says it maketh rich. Why? Look at the next part of it. And he addeth no sorrow with it. I know people who've got so much stuff, and their lives are in turmoil, and they don't know what to do. It is if they've got so many irons in the fire, and, you know, there, it seems that there's turmoil, there's problems, there's issues. But yet, on the other hand, there are people who have, uh, and God has blessed them in a lot of different ways, and it's peace. And God has put people around them, and there's a good situation there. What I'm telling you is this. When God blesses you, and God ministers to you and meets the need then this is what happens. God will bring you peace with it and it won't be a burden to you because you'll realize that God gave it to you and the purpose of it is to build up the kingdom of God. I know that some of you will have to go back and listen to this message some more because this is what God wants us to understand. You find blessing on earth. Here's what happens. They don't possess, they don't, 
they don't possess things. A lot of people who have stuff that don't possess them, it possesses them. Have you ever known anybody, their stuff possessed them? Or the drive for stuff possessed them? But we find great blessing on the earth. So we inherit the earth in the sense that the kingdom of God is working in the lives of people. God meets our needs on the earth. What we have on the earth, God will bring blessing to it. But here's one thing that you've got to understand. This is one passage where it does talk about the future. What do you mean, Pastor? I believe that those who are meek, those who have yielded themselves to God and allow God to work through through them, I believe that Jesus is going to return in power. How many believe that? And, and you know, all of this stuff that's happening on planet Earth, Jesus is going to make it right. In fact, there will be a time of a thousand-year reign on the Earth. And the Bible says that the curse is going to be lifted during that time. Things will be rejuvenated. Every stain of sin is gone. The remnant of the curse is gone. And in Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, here's what the Bible says. And the Bible says, And they sang a new song, saying, You're worthy to take a scroll and open the seals, because you are slain, and with your blood you have purchased for God persons from where? Every tribe, every nation. Is that talking about the earth? Is that talking about people in the earth? Absolutely. And every people and nation. And then in the next verse it says, And you have made them to be a kingdom of priests, to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Now I know some of you have not done a lot of study on this, And I know that the Bible does not give us every detail, but it does tell us this, that we as the people of God will rule and reign with him. And God is going to say, man, you thought you knew how to govern. You thought you knew how to minister. You thought you knew how to deal with the nations My glory and my people, we are in charge now. And we are going to bring forth the blessing of our Father on the earth. And I don't know. Some might say, well, Pastor, you know, we're going to rule and reign with him. Where are you going to rule and reign? I don't know. I'm I'm hoping for Emerald Isle. I'm hoping that that maybe I'll get I don't know, but God may have a place. But I believe that God is going to use some individuals and use the body of Christ. We're going to be salt and light in the earth. And I believe one of the things we've got to take from this passage today is this, that planet earth will be shaken once more. It will hear from almighty God. God is going to restore it. The lion is going to lay down with the lamb. The child will play near the snake's hole. I believe that this thing is going to be reversed. I know you worry about it now, but I want to tell you something. All of the things that are distraught, all of the things that you worry about, God is going to change it and he will will be Lord of all and he will rule from Jerusalem and the earth will bow before him because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. God's going to make it right. And the meek shall inherit the earth. Thank you for listening to the Glad Tidings Church podcast. For more sermons, please search for Glad Tidings Church on Podbean and iTunes. For more information regarding our church, Sunday morning services, and other groups and gatherings, 
please visit our website at gladtc.com.